Hey, welcome everybody. And now you can't even meet in your home. Interface that impact us as a culture. How should the church respond? Things that are happening right now. I realize some of you may not agree. Uh, I'm Rick Countryman, and this is the very first uh, broadcast or podcast of Here's the Deal with uh, Rick Countryman. I'm excited to uh, be with you. And um, you'll be able to get this on iTunes, on the Here's a Deal with Rick Countryman podcast, starting sometime in the next few days. We're not sure exactly when the rotation of these will end up there, but you'll be able to go to iTunes or, or, any, or even BigValleyGrace.org, BigValleyGrace.org, and you'll find a list of podcasts there. But um, anyway, I'm excited to be with you. Thank you for those of you that are watching live right now. I see Roberta, you're watching live. I'm grateful you're with us. This will be um, downloaded when I'm done, not only here, but also on the Big Valley Grace website. So, hey, make sure you tell your friends about this, okay? It's going to be every Wednesday at noon. You can uh, grab a, a lunch and kind of hang out and... Um, and listen, or you can always listen to it later, or you can listen to it on the uh, the podcast, okay? So uh, I got a whole bunch of uh, email questions that have come in over the last few days, and I got a bunch of them, and there, there's no way I can answer all of them. I hope to at least do these, but there were so many, it was absolutely impossible uh, to, to get through them all, but I'm going to get through a bunch of them. So uh, anyway, hey, let me just tell you, Thursday, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, but this Thursday is uh, Thanksgiving, and let me just wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. It's one of the great national holidays that we have here in America. It is my favorite holiday, without a doubt. There's something very relaxing uh, about Thanksgiving. Probably has to do with the fact that, you know, we haven't got into all the Christmas stuff and, you know, putting up lights and putting up wreaths and, you know, putting up nativity scenes and, you know, buying presents and wrapping presents and all, all the stuff, sending out cards and all the things that go on during the Christmas <laughs> season. It's super relaxing. I love to get up and hang out with my family and friends. Um, some of you might be thinking, well, it might be super relaxing for you, but what about your wife? And yeah, my wife does a whole lot more work than I'm going to do. In fact, I don't really do anything, but my wife loves to serve her family. And so I know she gets great joy out of that. And we will have a whole bunch of family members over here, and we're excited uh, about it. I don't know what you're going to do. I know with the whole COVID-19 and restrictions, depending on the state or the county that you live in, um, you might be doing some different things. I don't know. But uh, have a great Thanksgiving, okay? I'm looking forward to, to tomorrow uh, here, Thursday. So um, every, every week I do this, I want to have at least one topic that's kind of in in the forefronts of all of our minds it might be ripped from the front page of our newspaper or whatever and i just want to maybe talk a little bit about how we as believers we as christians we as followers of christ ought to respond to whatever that is 
And this week, I wanted to uh, talk about, you know, the whole COVID-19 and and how should uh, the church, and I'm not necessarily talking about your church or a particular church, how should the church respond to what's happening? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about the church that I pastor at in Modesto, California. Okay, you may be listening or watching from another state. I don't know what county you're in here in California, but I, I can only talk intelligently really about what's happening right here in the, the county that I live in and how our church has, has dealt with it. And I realize some of you may not agree with how our church dealt with it, but I want to walk us uh, uh, through something and, and help you maybe understand a little bit about why we, uh, my church, church that I pastor at, serve at, um, has kind of gone down the road that it's gone down. Now, uh, first of all, I want to take us, and I'm calling it phase one. Okay, I'm taking us all the way back to like March, right, when the whole coronavirus thing was all kind of new. I'm also the, the varsity baseball coach at, at our high school, and literally we were only five games into the season. And five games into the season, this COVID thing hit. No one knew a whole lot about it, and man, our whole season shut down. In fact, we only got to play five games last year. We were 4-0-1. Oh, and one. And so this COVID thing was all kind of new. No one knew a whole lot about it. But what we were told was, was that millions were going to die here in the United States of America. I mean, we were going to have dead people laying in the streets. It was this horrible thing. And, and like I said, nobody really knew what it was. Uh, there wasn't a lot of information or data out there. All we knew in phase one was that millions were going to die. That's what we were told. In fact, I can remember early on back in March um, and April when this thing kind of blew here in the United States, the governor of New, New York, Governor Cuomo, he was on television almost every day talking about the fact that they were going to be overrun. Their healthcare system was going to be overran with these COVID patients. And so he had actually taken the Javits Center. And the Javits Center, I think, is the largest um, convention center in America, or it's certainly one of the largest. And he shut it down and he made it into a um, kind of a makeshift emergency room. It was only going to be used for the, the people, the mass of people who had COVID there in New York, who needed to be, you know, on ventilators or whatever. He even asked our president, if you remember, to send in the mercy ship and so President Trump sent the mercy ship to New York, and there it was docked in New York. So the mercy ship was ready to handle these, this onslaught of COVID patients. The Javits Center was all set up to handle this onslaught of, of COVID patients, because literally this is what we all thought, millions are going to die. And I don't think anybody was trying to fool us or trick us. I, I just think they, as best they understood the COVID disease back then or the virus back then, as best they could look at some models, they really believed that here in America, millions were going to die. So our, um, our governor said, hey, Governor Gaz Gavin Newsom said, I would like for there not to be any large gatherings, not just the church, but you know, the Sacramento Kings or the, you know, the, 
the whoever you know, the Chargers or whoever it might be. You know, they, he didn't want any large gatherings in our city. We have this Gallo Center, Performing Center of the Arts. Hey, shut all that down. Nobody going to you know movie theaters. Everybody thought this. And so I know that our church, our elders got together, just like probably the leaders of your church, maybe churches literally all over, you know, the United States. And you know what? 99.9% .9 of them said, okay, we want to we help here. And if millions are going to die, we made the decision that we weren't going to meet in our brick and mortar building but that we would simply meet in homes. So, so on the weekends, uh, I would literally get up into an empty um, auditorium. Other pastors would get up in front of an empty auditorium, and we would sing songs, and we would you know, preach messages. And people were gathering in their homes. And so two, three, four, five families would get together, and they would worship on the weekends in their homes. Because in phase one, we thought everybody was going to die, and, and we just wanted to be a part of the, the solution. And so most churches, like I said, I bet 99% of all the churches in America made that decision. There were some who said, no, we're going to stay open. We have a First Amendment right to stay open. Uh, the government can't tell us as a church how we, are to, how we can practice our religion and we want to gather, and so we're going to gather. Obviously, God's Word tells us we're supposed to gather. And so there were a few that stayed open. We said we can gather in homes. We can fulfill what God's Word says in homes, and let's stay away from the large, um, large gatherings. Well, that brings me to phase two. Okay, Phase two was the experts were way, way, way wrong, right? I mean, we've had 260,000 people that have died of, of COVID in the United States of America, and, and that's horrible. I personally know of people that have died of the coronavirus. Right here in my own town, one of my best friends, mother and sister passed away of COVID literally the same day. I have a good friend who was a pastor here, and he passed away of COVID, losing 260 million or 260,000 people is horrible. I'm, I, I'm not minimizing those deaths, but obviously millions and millions of people aren't dead in the streets. And we began to learn a little bit more about the, the virus that even if you get it, um, the chances were really slim that you would die of it. You'd get sick and it's horrible and all those kinds of things. But if you were in relatively good health and you were younger, if you got it, you just weren't going to die of it. Those that were dying or the overwhelming majority of the people that are dying are older and they have some sort of, um, some sort of condition. They're overweight. They got diabetes. They're, they're, they're battling cancer or something like that. And so in this second phase, what happened was we as a church, our, once again, our elders got together and they began to think and pray and look at the scriptures and say, what can we do? And the weather was a little bit nicer. 
And so we decided we have a baseball field. And so our baseball field became a place where we gathered and we'd have hundreds of people out there on, on Sunday. I think we'd have seven, sometimes 800 uh, people out on our baseball field. And we were still gathering in homes. And, you know, we were fulfilling what the scriptures told us were to do. And that's to gather together. We were just weren't using our brick and mortar building. Now, it was in phase two that a lot of churches said, no, 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 we're now going to open. You know, we're, we're not going to listen to whatever the government says, and we're going to open. And, and that was fine for them. We made a different decision at that time uh, for lots of, different, um, lots of different reasons. Okay. Well, then we just went into what here in the, our county or our state is what is called the purple tier. But I also added the words bad weather. So the first phase was millions were going to die. The second phase was the experts are way, way wrong. And now here we are in this third tier, or this purple tier, sorry. And basically the purple tier, our governor says, you can't meet in your buildings, and now you can't even meet in your homes. And because the weather's bad, we, we can't meet out on our, on our field. And so basically in this third phase, the governor put churches, and I'll just talk about our church, in a really, really difficult place. And that is on the one hand, we want to be good citizens. Uh, we, we want to honor our governing authorities. We want to live peaceable lives, all the things that the scriptures tell us to do. We want to care about others and put the needs of others ahead of ourselves which we were at least able to do when we could meet on the field and meet in homes. And we went over and above the call of duty. Our, our elders were unbelievably gracious, unbelievably gracious. And now, though, in this third tier, our governor has said, you can't even meet in homes. Forget meeting in your buildings. And now we can't fulfill what God's word says, and that is we can't gather together, whether it's in a home or a building. And we can't do it on our field. The weather's not good. And so our elders once again got together of our church along with our, our pastor and began to pray and think and dream. And obviously we have an attorney that we're dealing with to make sure, you know, we understand all the differences between mandates and and recommendations or whatever all those things are that our governor has kind of laid out. And we came to the conclusion last weekend that we were going to be open, uh, that we were going to defy the, the order that our governor set out for us. Not because we're trying to poke him or anybody else in the eye. It was a very humbling thing, especially for me. I, I spoke this past weekend in our church. And it was the first time in my life where I practiced civil disobedience. In other words, I know what our governor has said. Don't meet in large groups. Don't meet in homes. And for the very first time in my life, for the very first time probably in all the people who showed up at our church's lives, we practiced civil disobedience. We said we are not going to follow that order because God's word trumps the order and at least when we were in phase one and two we could meet in homes we could meet out on the ball field but now in this third phase we have no choice but to defy the order and um and so we made that decision as a church 
Your church may have made a diff different decision. Your church may uh, still be closed. And if that's the decision that the leadership of your church made, and elders and deacons or whoever, whatever form of church government you have, then I honor that. And I respect that. And I want you to honor that. And I want you to respect that. Even if you don't agree with the decision, there were a lot of people in phase one of our church when we decided to just go online that weren't happy about that. They wanted us to keep meeting. There were a lot of people in, in phase phase two when we knew the expert has, had got it wrong and, and yet we still made the decision not to meet in our building and we met out on a baseball field and we met in homes. There were people that didn't like that at all. And now that we're in phase three, obviously, those that wanted us to be open, they're, they're happy. But now we got people on the other side of the coin who aren't happy because they think we should be closed. Let me just tell you this. Your pastor, your elders, your deacons, whatever form of government you have, they're working hard. They're praying hard. They're, they're searching the scriptures. And they're the ones that have been raised up to lead the church. You haven't been raised up to lead the church if you're not an elder or a deacon in your church. But God raised up these particular people, and they are the leaders. And what I want you to do, and what the scriptures would encourage you to do, is you don't have to agree with their decision. It's, it's, you're entitled to have your own opinion. But here's the deal. You do need to make sure that you're, you, you're praying for your elders, that you're praying for your pastor, and that you're a blessing to them. They, they got a hard enough job as it is. I mean, they got a really hard job trying to navigate through this whole COVID thing. And what they need is, is for you to be praying for them and to honor them and be a blessing to them, okay? It's okay to have a different opinion. And I got the feeling, you know, we're, we're, I, I've shared these three phases, right? One is millions are going to die, and then the experts got it really wrong, and now we're in this phase three, at least in our county. There's no doubt there's going to be other phases that come. And those are going to be moments when leaders and churches will gather together, they will pray, and Man, seek out wisdom, and then they're going to make a decision for your church, just like the elders of my church have made a decision for our church. And I have been super impressed. I'm, 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 I, I told our church this past week, and I sleep well at night because I know our elders are good people. They're praying hard. They're searching the scriptures. They're gathering wisdom, and they're making the best decision that they, that they know how. And so, anyway... Uh, that obviously is front page news, right? And so I wanted that to be my first topic. Obviously, I'm looking in the Modesto B. I'm looking in the, uh, which is my hometown paper. I'm looking in the LA Times, New York Times. I'm looking at all those, and I'm trying to find articles, things that are happening right now that impact us as a culture. And I want to talk about those things on this broadcast slash podcast, Okay. The Bible tells us about a group of men. They were called the men of Ishakar. And the men of Ishakar had a very unique gift, and that was that they, they understood the times. They understood the culture. But not only did they understand the times and the culture, but they knew what Israel should do with that understanding. 
And that's what I, I want to do with this moment. I want, to, I want to kind of be like the men of Ishakar. I want to look at what's happening in our culture. I want to look at what's happening around us and then say, hey, how does this book, how does the Word of God interface with all of that?